So it looks like the March Madness is coming to a bitter end. Uh, I, that means the tournament for both the men's and women's basketball teams. Uh, yeah, it's been great tournaments on both ends, but you know what else is uh, coming up? Uh, the NHL and NBA playoffs. That's right. So let's why don't we just get started on that uh, conversation right away? This is yeah. the Behind the Net <laughs> podcast, and in case you forgot or were wondering what the title of the podcast is, but if you don't know the title of the podcast by now, uh, I don't know what to say. For those for those new listeners, new listeners, we're always welcoming new listeners, of course. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, as usual, like you said, um, I'm Matthew, you're Michael, we're the two co-hosts of this podcast, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk a bunch about Toronto sports. That's usually what we talk about. I, I've, I'd be surprised when we don't talk about uh, uh, Toronto sports. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into that, I mean like... I mean, I always ask you, how, how's, how, how's your week been, man? Just the same old? Same old, same old. But I will say this. Uh, what's great about uh, the lockdown is that it's good, it gives you a chance to either uh, play video games you've never played before or revisit old ones you hadn't otherwise played in a while. And mm-hmm. that's actually kind of a good segment to the uh, video game of the week talk. Mm-hmm. You guys probably know Overwatch by now. That game's been out for, what, five years? Maybe even six? I, I can't even remember. But I recently got back into it the other day. And, no, I still love it. It's a great game. If you have it on uh, PC, if you don't have it on PC, Xbox, or Mac, or, or PlayStation, get it. It's is not it, an advertisement, by the way. Is it cross-platform? Because I have it. I used to play it back in, like, 2016. So maybe I should get back into it. I don't know if it's cross-platform. I'll have to double-check that, but if it is, that'd be huge. That would be huge. That'd be cool to play. Um, I don't know. For my game of the week, uh, do you know what today is? Today's... <laughs> what is it? It's a funny day today. Today's apparently when Mario's dying. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Oh, today, right. Today's the day of Mario's death, supposedly. March 31st. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. But, uh, yeah, that goes back into my... I think it plays into my... Uh, game recommendation i mean because today is apparently the rumored day that nintendo's killing mario which i don't think they actually are but they're taking off super mario 3d all-stars off the eShop and out of circulation so last day like if you i have it such a great game michael i don't know if you got it yet you got it so good you get all three of like literally three of the most classic mario games 3d mario games um and yeah, yeah, honestly, like even as a collector, like that's probably going to go up in value too. So today's your last day. Just, you know, go out and get it or download it on your Switch because they're literally taking off the Switch store too. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Uh, the, the, the games are in high quality and uh, it's it's worth the investment, honestly. Just it, even if it says 80 bucks, it's definitely going to be worth it in the long run, especially because that game is going to be, uh, like Matthew said, gone forever, which I don't get why, but. All right, Nintendo. Uh, let's hope Mario's not gone forever, though. Well, that that that'd be uh, a catastrophic mistake. That would be crazy. But hey, April Fools is also tomorrow. We're recording this on March thirty first, so you know, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they maybe they'll they'll fool us like, hey, jokes on you guys. We'll I bring feel like it back. I feel like Nintendo will play into the meme some way today. They always they always play into the memes. They're very into that. That is true. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. But definitely give that game a play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, for Overwatch, uh, definitely get it. And I did research it. Unfortunately, it is not cross-platform supported, but you can play it with your friends on uh, certain consoles. So if uh, you have a PS5, you can play it on there too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to possibly, I'm going to need to get back into um, Overwatch. It's, it's a great game. It's been years though. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's just head straight into sports talk now. I think we got the... Uh, the weekly you know updates out of the way um let's talk about the leafs usually we started with the raptors last week but this this week let's start with uh nhl news um especially with the leafs uh i want to let's talk about alex galchenyuk first just because he finally got some looks in the nhl uh with the leafs and uh Mm -hmm. he impressed actually i was impressed especially in that uh overtime win against the oilers picked up two assists um and obviously you know sheldon keeps trying to find out where he can really slaw him. Can he fit on that top six? You know, um, can he be used kind of like a uh, Swiss Army knife type player? You know, uh, where where does he fit in? But I was impressed. I don't know about you. How what were your what was your impression? 
I was definitely impressed too. And what was great about those assists that you were talking about is that they were quality assists. Mm-hmm. That's I think was it the the first one was the behind the back at, between the legs pass to uh, a streaking John Tavares. That was incredible, like mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, no, the guy's been playing uh, exceptionally well in his brief stint with the Leafs so far. He definitely play. He's playing like a guy that's uh, trying to keep his NHL career alive, and I mean that's to be expected because he was put on waivers by the last place Ottawa, well, not the last place Ottawa Senators, but one of the bottom dwellers in the Ottawa Senators. And it was it was pretty uh, justifiable to think that if he, it didn't work out in uh, Ottawa or even Toronto, he's probably going to have to play somewhere else in Europe. So to see him playing extra motivated and playing extremely well alongside Tavares and Nylander, it's, it's very encouraging. And I think it might actually bring up the question of uh, if it alters their trade deadline plans. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, as we know, the Leafs have been trying to um, find a capable top six forward, um, pro- probably through trade, obviously. But they're also trying to see, I mean, we could tell if Alex Galchenyuk is a fit and if, um, you know, if they could just, they might already have that player in them. Um, but like you said, it, it plays into the trade uh, options that the, the Leafs have. And the trade deadline is actually coming up uh, very soon. So we'll talk about that this episode, too. Um, I just want to ask you, like, uh, obviously he's only played five games, but three assists in five games, pretty impressive. Uh, where do you see him being on the long, in the long term, like for the rest of the season? Do you think he'll just slot into the bottom six? I definitely think the middle six is a realistic expectation for Galchenyuk. If they like him, uh, with Tavares and Nylander, and I think he's already developed some chemistry with Nylander, then I think that that's the best position for him to succeed at even strength. Now, in saying that, if they want to get even more out of Galchenyuk, they need to put him on the power play. Now, it doesn't have to be the first power play unit because Matthews is already going to be the shooter Mm -hmm. and Marner is probably going to be the passer, and they already have plenty of options over there. But on the second power play unit, they can totally utilize him as the uh, primary sniper because Galchenyuk still has a wicked shot. His only goal of the season so far was a power play goal, and... If you ever go back and watch the footage, uh, it's, a, it's a great one-timer that uh, the goalie had no chance of stopping. Mm-hmm. So the Le- if the Leafs really want to get even more out of Galchenyuk, they, they have to put him on the power play because otherwise he's only going to be limited to uh, five-on-five play and it can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, I definitely want to see Galchenyuk utilize more. And Man, I was just thinking like way back in 2012 in the 2012 draft, like I was one of those Leafs fans that wanted uh, the Leafs to draft Galchenyuk um, or him to fall to fifth. But uh, yeah. I guess uh, as it goes, I guess it worked out for the Leafs picking up Morgan Riley instead, and somehow they still landed Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, it's it's actually it's actually incredible because I remember uh, around the time that he got traded to the Leafs, uh, there was that uh, draft poll from Facebook around the time of the draft you were talking about, and Guess who was the number one uh, target Leaf fans were hoping they'd get? Galchenyuk. Alex Gal- exactly. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they needed a number one center. And I think it, it's the same as around 2015 when they picked Mitch Marner. Like a lot of a lot of Leafs fans uh, wanted them to pick Dylan Strome. And mm-hmm. it's because of the need for a center that's been there for a, a number of years. all Way back 2012 and still around 2015. But it worked out because in 2016 they got Austin Matthews and they lucked out and it Worked out for them. But yeah, it's just interesting because he did play very well in juniors and he did play very well in his first few seasons uh, with the Habs. Since we're talking about centers, I know this is in the Leafs talk really, but it kind of is related. Remember Carter Verhege? He was a Leaf draft pick way yes, back when. Yes. He's yes. killing it in Florida. Like, where did, where did, why didn't the Leafs keep him? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I need to check out his stats then. Uh, you'll be you'll be in for a shocker. I, I'm I'm not gonna spoil it. I just want you to find out for yourself. Yeah, he was taken uh, in 2013. I remember that. Let me see though. What is it? Everyone, Whoa. elite fans should. Do- yeah. 30 points in 36 games, 17 goals. That's impressive. Wow. And he's like in, up among the leaders in goals. He could have feasibly climbed to the top. One million dollars cap. Out of nowhere. Like Jesus. He was with Tampa last season. And he only scored nine goals. Yeah, thirteen points. That's that's insane. Florida's Absolutely. Florida's picking it up this season. They're really good. They totally are. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's just it's just another example of uh, a former Leaf uh, killing it uh, <laughs> somewhere else. 
<laughs> That's how it goes. For people who don't remember, uh, or maybe you do, uh, Verhage was one of the five uh, prospects Leafs just gave away to the Islanders way back in 2015 uh, to get Michael Grabner. Uh, so it looks like uh, four out of the five they have no regrets over. One of the five they do have regrets, and we've now found now we now we know five years later, mm-hmm. no six years later. Yeah, that's crazy. When will when will it happen for the Leafs where a, a team throws a prospect away and it turns into they turn into a star <laughs> for the Leafs I mean, this maybe, time? Maybe it's Alex Galchenyuk this time. Maybe, maybe you get lucky there. Um, but yeah, so that's our review basically of Alex Galchenyuk. Small sample size, but looking forward to more games from him. Uh, other than that, the, the Leafs have picked it up. Like I know last last week we talked about them slumping um, because they mm-hmm. were slumping hard, but. Um, in their last four games, they're three and one, so that's impressive. Um, and their loss was a well three zero and one because their loss was a uh, an overtime loss to the Oilers last game. Today they they faced the uh, Jets, and you know I gotta ask you about. I think the biggest thing is they're they're getting the wins, but I think the biggest thing is the goaltending. I uh, that's been the biggest problem I think for the least mm-hmm. just the stability of goaltending. Um, we gotta. Uh, a star from Jack, uh, a star from Michael Hutchinson, and a couple more from Jack Campbell. And uh, like, I want to know what what do you think is really going on? Because right now the goaltending situation is very unstable. We know Freddie Anderson is. We know pretty much Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell have been battling injuries, and mm-hmm. it's just very very shaky right now. So, what are your thoughts on that? Unstable goaltending is the understatement of the century when it comes to how the Leafs' goaltending situation has been so far this season. I don't think the Leafs have had any point this year had a fully healthy goaltending tandem for over a month. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, the reality of uh, playing in the NHL. Uh, what's good about that is uh, they they have addressed their their need for more goaltending depth when they made that move with Columbus for the guy whose name I can't remember pronouncing off the top of my head. But I know... I know Back in the offseason, they uh, made the move to acquire Aaron Dell with mm-hmm. the anticipation that he could help give them some goalie depth. But right, almost like right away, they, they lost him to waivers. And this is the, the carousel that they've been in ever since. There's even been a point where Joseph Wall got to uh, get called up to the team and uh, spend some time uh, <clears throat> uh, with the team on, as, as the backup goalie. So what's great about this recent stretch is that... Uh, there's been some, some some form of stability, and now how long that's going to last, I don't know. But it's it's definitely a huge uh, boost to have that stability in the net because the Leafs need quality goaltending if they want any shot of uh, doing the thing that people keep asking them to do and they haven't done for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if uh, it really comes down to it, uh, it's it's no wonder they're taking Jack Hel- Campbell's health uh, very seriously. He missed Monday's game because he wasn't fully 100%. And the last thing they need is uh, two of their best goalies to not be available for the playoffs. And that's why uh, Freddie Anderson is on the sidelines at the moment because they know that uh, they can only go so far as how well he can play. But again, if the if this, if these injury problems continue to persist and the uh, the third and the fourth goalies on the pecking order don't uh, deliver, we might see the Leafs make a trade for a goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really, I really agree because right now the Leafs are walking on a very thin line in terms of the the healthiness of their goalies. Like they have two goalies, their two main goalies are not a hundred percent, but yet they have to ride out, you know, either or at you know less than 100 percent capacity which is just risking them that much more like you said um for the playoffs even and mm-hmm. um like jack campbell right now like he was playing i don't know like obviously less than 100 percent capacity just so freddie anderson can um heal up and 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 uh you know be ready for to come back um but at the same time they're obviously putting campbell at risk so I think a goalie right now uh, would be probably their best bet, like to acquire in the uh, for the trade deadline, because you don't want to risk Jack Campbell getting injured as well while Freddie and, uh, Anderson's out, and then you're stuck with riding Michael Hutchinson, uh, and then just possibly, you know, the way the Leafs' luck has been going could even get worse from there. Yeah, what's great about uh, 
the trade deadline now is that the NHL and the Canadian government recently had, well, it's more the Canadian government. They recently agreed to shorten the quarantine window for Americans arriving in Canada to one week instead of uh, the two weeks, which has been the case for the most, the majority of the season. Uh, our a Canadian team already took advantage of that uh, just a few uh, days ago with the Canadians acquiring Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres, which mm. we should, we should dedicate some time to a little bit later. <laughs> I mean, we could just the, the, the Sabers. I I sent you a meme the other uh, yesterday, actually. You did, but yeah, the Sabers are just absolutely crashing right now. And <laughs> I mean, as expected, they I wouldn't say they're cleaning house, but you know that was the first piece moved out. Yeah, kind of eighteen thing. straight yeah. losses. Yeah. Oh man. By the way, for some reason they they haven't uh, properly uh, accredited like the the definition of what this losing streak is because it's technically not a losing streak because they lost in overtime on Monday. It's a winless streak. That That's something that bothers me about the NHL. They need to be more uh, like clear with what, what it is. It's mm-hmm. a losing streak. Call it what it is. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's literally a losing streak. Or at least I know they're saying like winless streak, but yeah, just you're not winning. <laughs> you're losing. That's the point. Um, and it's just, I guess it's tough to see for because they, they have the pieces for a good team, but the Sabres just are never able to figure things out. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it really looks like it's time for them to clean house or start from yeah. scratch again or something. I know they're Taylor Hall's the biggest name on the trade market right now, but also you got to think what's Jack Eichel's future exactly yeah there's gonna be a lot of questions uh in the la- next few weeks but just the fact that uh, all the players on that team are in such a negative mindset because of losing 18 straight games mm-hmm. and the worst of which came on monday when they had a three nothing lead in the third period and blew it and lost in overtime mm-hmm. i remember just after the game rasmus Dalin said something along the lines of we had a panic attack we had never been in the situation before and we panicked that they're, just should tell you how bad things have gotten. They're a very inexperienced team, and that's okay. It's just that I think, I don't know, there's definitely a lot of chemistry issues and frustration, a lot of frustration. And at that point, it's very hard to turn around when your team is, your locker room is frustrated. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think the best thing uh, that might give these players a new lease on life, whichever one they decide to deal is a, a trade out of Buffalo. Maybe on a contending team, they'll get that positive mindset back and have fun going to the rink again because I don't think uh, these players are really excited about going to the rink each and every single day because they know it's probably going to end up in a loss or uh, just a close one. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we'll see how they pan out. Like, It's not looking good for them, but they just I feel like they need some plans for are they doing a rebuild? Like, you know, what are they going to do? What's the plans for their franchise? Absolutely. Which mm-hmm. good transitions back into our conversation from before. Now, one of the goal, one of the goalies that the Buffalo Sabres have that might be an intriguing target for contending teams looking to get a goalie is uh, Linus Olmark. Mm-hmm. He's actually been one of the few uh, bright spots in the net who's actually had decent results uh, stopping the puck with the exception of uh, everyone else in the organization. So the fact that he's a UFA as well at season's end Makes it him a, a player that a lot of teams be looking at, and maybe want to snag up uh, for some prospects and give Buffalo something so that they don't lose him for nothing. Because I don't mm. know if Linus Hallmark is going to stay in uh, Buffalo beyond this season. So yep. that's one option. Another one is David Riddick on the faltering Calgary Flames, and actually the Carolina Hurricanes would be an intriguing team to look after because they have uh, three quality goaltendings, Goldies, and they can only keep two. And I'd imagine that the oldest one is the odd man out. And guess who's the oldest goalie of the bunch in uh, Carolina? Who? James, James Reimer. Reimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, honestly, like, these are all great goal contenders. And the Leafs don't even need, like, a starter, um, per se. They just need, like, you know, a very capable back- backup who can battle it out a lot more than uh, Michael Hutchinson. Um and that's literally what they need. And Linus Allmark would be great because I think his scenario 
brings the value down. Like the value's already been brought down because they're playing so terribly as a team. Um, so they're going to probably start selling. Um, and he's a, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So that brings down his value. And I don't know like, if I was the Leafs, I would make an offer on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the last thing the Leafs can do is just sit idle at the trade deadline because I think that they still could make another move. I don't know if they needed a top six forward like Taylor Hall. I know that's mm-hmm. something people would love for them to do. But if Galchenis keep playing the way that he does, it takes them out of that conversation of wanting to get a top six forward because why would they need it when they already have it? Mm-hmm. So at this point, all the Leafs really need to do is just figure out if they need a, an extra defenseman or if their uh, prospects are good enough to, to jump up right away to the NHL. And then they have to decide if they're confident with their goaltending situation going into the playoffs. And if, if you ask me, I think what the Leafs should do is make a big move at the trade deadline akin to what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year because that those moves ultimately paid off in the end mm-hmm. because the acquisitions of uh, Goodrow and my boy, Blake Coleman, <laughs> helped made a big difference in their uh, playoff run. I got to ask you then, like, we'll just wrap up this, this Leafs talk with the trade deadline talk, but who are some targets that you would like the Leafs to go after well obviously blake coleman would be the uh always blake coleman even if he's not always blake coleman <laughs> exactly yes always got to get get blake coleman no matter what uh <laughs> but uh taylor hall is probably the biggest target of of all the players uh, that are available and probably someone that uh even if uh, even if uh, alex galchanik does uh continue to impress maybe there's someone he, they, he looks at i know i'm contradicting myself from a few moments ago but the fact that the matter remains uh you're you're gonna you're not gonna find many players like Taylor Hall, and he's not gonna be in a situation like the one the Leafs are in right now, where they're in the playoff race, uh, looking to do some something special, and he doesn't have to be the top guy. Mm-hmm. So there's some something there. Now uh, the Leafs, if they did want Taylor Hall though, they'd have to move some money because he is earning eight million this year, just a one year contract though. So he's a free agent at the end of the season. It would be a rental, mm-hmm. but eight million. Um, I believe they have less than a million in cap space right now. Um, yeah, they would definitely have to move out, um, a big contract or a couple mid-sized contracts. What do you think? What kind of deal could go down for that one? I'd imagine if that's the case, you'd have to definitely move, uh, Alex, uh, Kerfoot mm-hmm. because he has the most salary that you're the most comfortable moving out, out of the, out the door, uh, maybe a second or a third and a prospect. Mm-hmm. Now, Alex Kerfoot makes 3.5 million. So I think they might have to move out someone else. I don't know. I, I would love Taylor Hall. I just, yeah, I think that's going to be the hardest part is making the cap work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But if you could make it work, that'd be awesome. But if you don't, if you don't, then uh, Hey, hopefully Alex Galchenyuk continues to impress because uh, that's in itself a a big trade deadline move. And, you know, all it took for them to get Alex, Alex Galchenyuk, was uh, give up a fledgling prospect in Igor Korshkov and uh, a minor uh, minor league defenseman in David Warsawski. So I think that's pretty good work by Kyle Dubas, if you ask me. Oh, for sure. And then uh, I guess another another name that the Leafs have been linked to is uh, Mikhail Granlund. Yeah. And uh, do you think the Leafs should make a deal for him? Do you think he fits the bill? I think they absolutely should if he's available. Because mm-hmm. Nashville is all of a sudden in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, the narrative think... has completely switched. Exactly, yeah. So not only would he be off the market, but so would Matthias Ekholm, who I think would be an excellent addition to the Leafs if they could get their hands on him. But again, with uh, Nashville uh, streaking their way up into the playoff conversation and uh, I think, was it, Columbus or Chicago uh, coming back down to earth? it's totally possible that Nashville thinks they're still good enough to make the playoffs and would, would take them out of uh trade deadline talks. Mm. We, you know, this reminds me of St. Louis from a few years ago. I was, uh, dude, you read my mind. I was literally thinking that I was going to bring it up about how a couple <laughs> years ago, the blues were literally stinking up right near the play, uh, near the trade deadline. And the, the buzz was, can the least pick up Alex Petrangelo? Can they pick up Colton Pareko? And look how they, I mean, we know how that end, that season ended up for them. Yep. They oh, shot up man. to the top. Hopefully that's not uh, what's going to happen with Nashville. <laughs> man, you read my mind there. <laughs> Same brain cells. Oh, of course. That's why this podcast works so well. Exactly. 
but uh yeah no i think it's a similar situation like that and and we'll see but yeah you're right like just like st louis they once they started picking things up they did not sell at all and that's what really helped them out if they yeah, had sold so a single piece it would have been a com- possibly could have been a completely different story you know absolutely maybe uh boston wins the cup that year mm-hmm. instead of uh st louis mm-hmm. yeah so um i think we'll wrap the trade deadline talk with that um mm-hmm. there are some targets for the leafs i think we've shown that our priority is in a goalie some goalie depth i think that's what the leafs need to look to do and then you know a top six forward would be nice but it's more of a luxury at this point yeah mm-hmm so with that, let's head into basketball and uh, let's let's jump into that trade deadline that actually just passed. And we talked all about it last episode, but literally the next day was the trade deadline and it was crazy. I just remember updating you like all day. Yep. It was it was Kyle Lowry watch all day. That he was the biggest news and he didn't get traded. So first I'll ask you, what was your reaction to I guess the day? There were a lot of rumors about him going to either the uh, Sixers, the uh, Lakers, um, or the Heat, and even possibly the Clippers at one point they were rumoring. Um, and in the end, I guess Masai didn't, or he said he didn't find a uh, deal that you know made him feel like he needed to trade Kyle Lowry. So I got to ask you, do you think that was the right call? Or what do you think? I definitely think, uh, just from an emotional standpoint, that that was the right call to make to keep Kyle Lowry in Toronto because the emotional boost that he provides to the team and just uh, how the heart, how much he's the heart and soul of uh, their operation is uh, not lost on uh, the upper management. If they get take him out of the picture, you suddenly lose a lot of the team's identity. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, really goes a long way to what makes a team great. If you take out that player that's been there for so long and just knows what, what it takes of to all win, time. exactly. So it's just I don't think it'd be a fitting way to to end his time in Toronto. I know a lot of people were saying that his last game uh, before the trade deadline felt kind of fitting a uh, fitting end to his time, but I think a more fitting end is that he just plays it out to the to the bitter end. I, mm. I think his last game should be in front of the fans in Toronto, him uh, him chanting his name always applauding when he makes a bucket and just giving a long uh, cheer when he gets off the court for the final time. Mm-hmm. That's why I think is how it should end. Not the way that it happened in Tampa Bay, because I don't, I don't think it has the same factor. If you know what I mean? I completely so, agree. So for Masai not to deal on, I think that was the right call. Hopefully they can find a way to keep him beyond this season. So he can just play one last time in Toronto because I, I don't think a random game in 2019 should be the way or 2020 before the lockdown should be the way that Kyle Lowry's time in Toronto ended. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Um, I think that we will, honestly, this decision will be more evaluated come summertime. Um, I'll get into that shortly, but from an emotional standpoint, for sure, I think keeping him, I think everyone to keep him. And I think it's when you have the greatest player in your franchise history, you don't just, he shouldn't be a deadline move. You know, he just shouldn't be a deadline move. Um, but at the same time, we don't know what's up with him and the Raptors, like what they're planning. Maybe Masai feels like he can trade, uh, he can um, sign him, and maybe that's the 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 plan is to resign him. And I hope so. But mm-hmm. all I'm saying is, it's gonna be one of those moves where, like, the it's, you know, I feel like it, in part, like from a management position, wasn't the right call only because, look at the Raptors now; they are still slumping, like. They're not looking like a playoff team. Um, they're mm-hmm. struggling, losing like to the Pistons just uh, the other night. Um, they're, you know, they've been losing games left and right. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, and they're really finding it hard to get thing get it going again. Um, Kyle Lowry, uh, keeping him adds a lot to the team. But like again, if this is a wasted season and the Raptors don't end up making the playoffs, um, and then let's say he leaves then you're gonna look back at this move as like you really didn't you got nothing for kyle lowry right you Mm -hmm. was it really worth it to keep him for the rest of the season where it wasn't even a season where you made the playoffs so i think in that sense it's it's a it's a move we're gonna have to reevaluate in a bit and Mm -hmm. i'm saying possibly they could still make the playoffs but 
as of what I'm seeing right now, because they've been losing the last few games, even with Kyle Lowry playing, um, it has not looked good, you know? And that's fine. So sometimes uh, it's just not your year. Yeah. A lot of teams, teams like the Golden State Warriors uh, from uh, the season prior, just nothing worked. They had a mm. bunch of injuries that ultimately sunk their season. For sure. They did not uh, steer the course. They kept at it, and they were able to also add a top pick uh, to for their troubles. And they're now in the playoff conversation a year later. Now, are they going to win a championship this year? Absolutely not. The West is super stacked, and I think it's still the Lakers' trophy to lose. But the fact of the matter is that the, the Golden State Warriors were still good enough to compete for the playoffs right now without Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So if if this is a if that's a, the uh, playbook for how to handle uh, a tough season, then that's what I think the Raptors should be looking at. They they can't just uh, fire off fire sale every single player on the roster, except the ones that make sense that you can uh, feasibly get something back. Oh, and like sure. I said. I still think that they can get some value out of Kyle Lowry for at least the next couple of years. But for the fact they're able to get so many quality assets out of Norman Powell, which we'll get into in a little bit, should speak to uh, how much they, they think that this team can still compete down the road. But yes, uh, a chop draft pick wouldn't be the worst thing uh, for this Raptors team to get after a season like this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And as I was saying, yeah, um, nothing on the nothing bad on the decision with Lowry. I'm just saying, yeah, I think it's one of those things we'll see. If he does leave, then we're going to look at things a little differently, right? The decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, let's get into the uh, the, 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 the real trade that did go down. Uh, Norman Powell to um, the Trailblazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. And I like that trade. Gary Trent Jr. is good. And I know he hasn't done much since he came yet, but he he's, he's, what, he's 22 years old. Like, he's super young. Um, he's got a lot of potential and that's what a rebuilding or even a retooling team is looking for. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, uh, the two plate pieces you got, they got back, as you mentioned, are, I think excellent additions, not just for this season, but I think down the line, mm-hmm. uh, Trent jr. I think was a lot of, was a player that a lot of people got excited about when uh, they announced that he was going to be part of the package come coming to Toronto and Rodney Hood is a, a name I kept hearing for years and years. I wasn't he on uh, Cleveland a couple of years yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. So. recent uh, yeah, he's Finals got experience. Appearance. He's got experience. Of course, he was kind of just the throwing piece to make the money work, but he can ball. Exactly. Yeah. Like as a, as an pl- option coming off the bench, I think that's a that's good work by the Raptors. And yeah, obviously it sucks to lose Norman Powell. The difference here is that I think he's still young enough. He hasn't been in Toronto as long as uh, Kyle Lowry. And yeah, it'll definitely still it's hurts just the same that to see him go. But uh, I think Raptors will be uh, pleasantly happy with. Uh, the decision to trade Norman Powell because Trent Jr. is, is going to make it worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we should just give a huge shout out to Norman Powell right now, you know, for being such a great Toronto Raptor during his time here. Honestly, like the Raptors picked him up from the Bucks for like close to nothing. Well, like a second round pick. I think they traded. Let me see. What did they, what did they trade? Um, it was it was that crazy trade. Uh, oh, for Grievous Vasquez. That that's that's the one. Um, they. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks totally um, fumbled that trade, um, and he became one of the best Raptors, um, part of their core for you know their whole kind of really good contention to, uh, period, and obviously the championship. And he really put his all into it, and he was improving each time in this season into a full-on starter. And mm-hmm. you know it's unfortunate because if the Raptors were still a shell of what they were last season. Um, and he was a starter this season, like no doubt they'd keep him. He would be, um, you know, he'd be, he'd literally become a part of the core alongside Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. But, you know, it's just unfortunate because the, the direction the Raptors are having to go now is more into retooling and you sell high on that type of player. But other than that, he's such a great player. And I watched his debut with the Trailblazers and he played great. Obviously the Raptors played the Trailblazers the other night and he, uh, he lined up on the Raptors side of the tip off. Um, so that was funny to see, but yeah, I think, I think he'll always be like a fan favor here in Toronto. Absolutely. And, uh, I hope and his Osmos, his Osmos commercial. I had to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was wondering when you were going to bring that up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Norman Powell is a player that I hope he comes back to Toronto someday. I think he, 
he'd be a type of player that would totally be welcome to the idea of a return if if the opportunity presented itself. I, I, I he was a great player and a great uh, person off the court too. What's great about Norman Powell is like every time I think about him, there's two plays in particular that come to mind. Mm-hmm. There was that dunk in his first playoff run with the team back in 2016. I'm trying to remember if it was uh, Miami or against Indiana. The Indianapolis, yeah, Indianapolis. Uh, no, I can't remember the name of the team for some reason. I, it was Indiana, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's it. Right. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So that dunk was uh pretty uh wild, and people were thinking, "Oh, is this the new Vince Carter? Is this the new Kobe?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, he didn't turn into exactly to Kobe, but I think it's still a pretty good for player nonetheless. And then there was another dunk in the 2019 playoff run. That might have been uh, against Golden State. But yeah, great, great play nonetheless. Like every time he the, the Raptors needed a big play, he'd always come, come through with at least one dunk or one big three. So I'm we're gonna definitely gonna miss that. Oh yeah, and like even last season in the playoffs, like I wrote about how he would be the kind of the X factor in that uh, in their playoff run because if he heats up, he's kind of he was always kind of the the dark horse, the X factor for the uh, Raptors in a lot of ways. If he heats up, then he elevates that bench performance by so much. And this season, like I'm so excited to see Portland because I think they got a great piece in him. He's been one of the most efficient shooters all season in the entire NBA. Um, So they picked up a legitimate starter and someone with one of the highest uh, three point percentages in the league. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And I think that's probably why the Raptors decided to trade him in the first place, because his value was at an all-time high. I don't think it was ever going to get any higher than it was at this point in the season. So that's why they're able to get some quality pieces for him. And that's why Trent was the police coming the other way. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, also, sorry about my printer. No. It's just decided to have an attitude. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, but yeah, so we got those two out of the way. And other than that, like, there were a lot of big, uh, there were a lot of big uh, trades at the trade deadline. I think a big one was uh, uh, Vucevic to the Bulls. That was crazy, and Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Those two teams uh, have gotten richer, and they got those are really good deals too. I think Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets is going to be insane. Adds to you the know what's cra- You know what's crazy to me? I didn't think that the Orlando Magic were really going to sell. To start a fire sale mm-hmm. because I they were they had a pretty good start to the regular season did they not like weren't they like first in the east at, for a brief moment yeah yeah for briefly I, I I feel like they just I think they're lacking identity I know Aaron Gordon wanted out and then um you know they want to build maybe they want to start from scratch and build something that they feel is like you know actually a contender I feel like they're still on that bubble right and they don't want to just be there so I was surprised with the trade of Vucevic because he is a legitimate star, two-time All-Star. Um, he averages a lot, and Chicago got a steal of a trade to get him. And now he's going to team up with Zach Levine, and I think they could be a really good duo. And I don't think that's a move for this season. I think it would be a great move uh, for – it's a move for down the line mm-hmm. because I, I think he's going to be there beyond this season. So – for that's tidy work by Chicago. They still need to make another move uh, during the off season, but uh, they're on the right track. They might finally be in the playoff conversation uh, for twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. And I think I was gonna say uh, the other, more so lack of trade that I've been seeing people get mad at is uh, the Lakers not wanting to trade for Kyle Lowry uh, because <laughs> a Lakers fans seem to feel like they really needed him. I agree because you know right now LeBron James and and. Uh, and uh, Anthony Davis are injured. They kind of need to pick things up. And a, a experienced point guard would probably be the thing to kind of literally probably secure their spot at the top. Yeah, and look, with uh, the Jazz rolling, the Suns uh, f- finally being competitive, uh, yeah, the Lakers need to find every possible avenue that they can to give themselves the edge. And uh, It doesn't help that uh, both LeBron and uh, AD have missed significant time throughout the season. That's your your two biggest pieces that have missed uh, significant time, so no wonder they've been faltering, but mm-hmm. we'll see how they actually do in the playoffs, because that's that's the big tale of uh, if this if they were uh, going to carry over from, from last season. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there were some trades, you know, uh, I think the biggest fumble trade was uh not exactly like basically uh (laughs) 
the Rockets fumbled it, but the Heat acquired Victor Oladipo from the Rockets for a Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap, I believe. And honestly, I think they fumbled it because they basically turned James Harden into Victor Oladipo, not, and they also lost uh, Chris Levert to the Pacers in that three-way trade. And then they they basically turned James Harden into Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And picks, the picks are the big part. I know that, but like, yeah, <laughs> like you kind of lost your prospects doing that. You know what else is a uh, pretty crazy just about uh, the trade deadline? It's the moves that are made after the deadline, which is mm-hmm. the uh, the waiver pick the well, not the waiver pickups, the uh, the buyout uh, one year signing contracts. Mm-hmm. Was it the the Nets picked up? Uh, few pieces at the uh, around the de- after the deadline yeah the hell man and and even the lakers too lakers got uh andre drummond and it literally seems like uh the nets are piling the 2015 all-star team together <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> but uh um uh, I think it's a ba- it's just a battle between those two teams right now, the Nets and the Lakers, and we better be destined to see them in the finals because that's going to be crazy. But, um, And that's how it seems like it's going, but honestly, uh, it's just seeing who can get which star, you know, and LaMarcus Aldridge, of course, went to the Nets too. And, uh, of course. Yeah, we're just trying to see who can pick up those uh, those spare pieces, I guess. Real talk, is this the, when was the last time the Nets were this good? 2003? Uh, yeah i mean obviously they're good because of kevin durant and kyrie irving and james harden but they're picking up i don't know obviously everyone's getting hyped over these pickups there's a reason these teams these players were bought out Uh, lamarcus aldridge is still good Uh, i think more so blake griffin has the hype that um you know obviously he was waived by or bought out by the pistons for a reason uh he's not the same type player he was but hey he's been playing pretty well maybe he just didn't want to play that much and Detroit I don't know I just can't believe that uh, after all the rumors surrounding Andre Drummond and how the, the Raptors had some interest they didn't they didn't trade for him he got bought out and someone picked him up for free <laughs> they did, the Raptors didn't even try off. to sign him I don't think like, <laughs> come on uh but they'll when it when that happens when a player a big player goes on waivers you know they're gonna go to either the Nets or the Lakers or the Clippers or some you know contending team <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, I'm just, I'm just mad, man. The NBA buyout window after the deadline, it, it can make you pissed off, especially if there's players that have been rumored to your favorite team and oh, they just man. go somewhere else for free. Uh, I think we'll wrap up the basketball talk though by shouting out uh, two more Raptors that were traded away: Terrence Davis and then uh, Matt Thomas, Mister Three Pointer. Um, they were both <sighs> traded away for second round picks, so just a, a shout out to them for their time as Raptors. By the way, can we just talk about how much of a wasted opportunity Matt Thomas was? Mm-hmm. He came into the to, to the team with so much hype and expectations about uh, where he could potentially be uh, once his uh, once he got more time and experience with the with the Raptors, and they barely utilized him off the bench. Mm-hmm. Just so mad. I mean, like to be fair, like last season he was great shooting lights out from three. This season, I mean, his specialty is the three pointer. That's literally basically what he was brought in for. Um, Unfortunately, he was a little inconsistent this season, and I guess Nick Nurse just never had it in his plans to up his time, his playing time. I guess you know his defense is not up to par as much as the the Raptors' standard is, and he was mainly brought in just to shoot. And I guess they found that expendable. I thought those two trades were to free up roster spots for a Lowry trade, but I guess they freed up the roster spots and kept Lowry. So, yeah. Just another thing to really think about, like if Matt trading Matt Thomas was the right move. I I think we're gonna find out that the Raptors should have kept him because they could have probably just utilized him for his best asset, which oh, is no. his shooting. Don't tell me we're gonna see him at the three point contest next season. <laughs> yep, that says how it's gonna end up. <laughs> what always happens. That's what always happens to Toronto teams. <sighs> anyway, just the throwaway player, and suddenly he becomes like the second greatest shooter of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so cheese. But yeah, shout out, shout out Matt Thomas. All right. Uh, I think we're starting to run out of time here. So let's quickly wrap things up. up. Uh, Blue Jays. I mean, again, not a whole lot to talk about the Blue Jays. Uh, The the season opener is quickly approaching, but 
spring training has just been kind of going along. Uh, I don't know about you. I haven't been able to catch a lot of spring training. Um, I, I, what are you, some of your takeaways from it? Just like I was mentioning on the last episode, uh, you can't really take too much out of spring training because at the end of the day, it's preseason for baseball. And uh, it's not the tail tape of uh, how a team is actually going to do. But, uh, you know, in saying that, they had a, the Blue Jays had a pretty good uh, spring training, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're the, one of the best teams uh, in uh, spring for, what was it, the Grapefruit League? or No, it's not the Grapefruit League. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the, uh, the, point, the fact of the matter is the Blue Jays did fairly well for themselves. Um, I think they, they have something to build off of going into the start of the regular season, which is uh, days away from the time of recording. It's actually, it's actually tomorrow. It's tomorrow, the start of a spring train, uh, the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was right. Grapefruit League. Anyway, anyway uh, Jays did pretty well. I, I'd say uh, mission accomplished so far. But uh, the real uh, tail tape is how things are going to translate into the regular season mm-hmm. because uh, – they could have this 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 good uh, spring training all they want. Uh, it doesn't really mean that it's going to translate into uh, uh, regular season success because guess who uh, finished first in the Grapefruit League, the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. And Miami, yes, Miami ha- had played well in the made the playoffs last year, but they're not a team that's like, oh gee, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's just so, spring training, so we have to see how it actually plays out in the real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I guess the one question we could ask is. Uh, Who's your prediction for, I guess, the MVP of the Blue Jays for this season? That's actually that's actually a tough one because there's three legitimate players that could possibly win the, that distinction. That's uh, Vladdy, uh, Bichette, and George Springer. George Springer obviously being the player that they got mm. uh, from the offseason. Uh, he's uh, he's had, had a bit of injuries uh, during spring training, but I think he should be back in time for... If not the start of the uh, regular season, at least uh, the second or third game, which is all against the Yankees, by the way, um, he's definitely going to have a, a great opportunity to showcase his offensive uh, abilities and uh, just provide great defense. Vladdy, obvi- we, we, he needs no introduction. His uh, offense is uh, still growing, still getting better each and every single year. And I think this is his, probably his chance to break out as a legitimate uh, force uh, at the plate. But I think the MVP is probably going to go to Bo Bichette because not only is he a great hitter, he's also a great defender. And I know they, they got in Marcus Semyon to give the, the Jays some depth uh, at both shortstop and in the infield. But I think they view Bichette as a long-term option there. So if uh, if anything, it's Bo Bichette's trophy to lose. And there's a reason why in fantasies, he's uh, the first Blue Jay picked up, not mm-hmm. Vladdy or George Springer. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, I think you summed it up pretty quickly, properly. Like that's exactly what I was thinking. Those three players, um, and I completely get you what you're saying about Bo, uh, all around player, probably you know the MVP in those terms. I was gonna say, I think this year we'll see a lot from Vladdy too. He had a huge off season. What did he lose? Like forty pounds. Like you could tell he's been like really pushing himself this off season. He really wants to have a great season. I think we're in for a great season from him. And yeah. uh, also want to throw in, I think uh, Hunjin Ryu will have a great season as well. Another that'd one. be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are our picks. We'll just see how it kind of uh, pans out. And yeah, I think we should wrap up here. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, we which one to do uh, questions this week. Uh, there is one question that I think we can kind of add into it. It's from our one of our favorite listeners, PM Toronto. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. Show. He asked, uh, with the Jays' opening day coming up, what kind of season do you think they'll have? Are they a contender or a pretender? Uh, we kind of already answered that question, but we'll, we'll give it a, a more clear answer. I think they, they definitely are contenders. Mm. We've been saying this from back in 2019. 2021 is, should be the year that they, they begin their uh, co- contending uh, window. And I think they've followed that track, that, that uh, trajectory, very well. So... Obviously, they're still in a tough fight with the Tampa Rays and the uh, New York Yankees being uh, legit favorites to win the World Series. And Tampa obviously was in the World Series last year. I think they made it to as far as game six or seven. But uh, this is a very great opportunity for the Blue Jays to, uh, at the very least, compete for a wild card spot. So I think they're a contender. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, like we said, like 
they've almost accelerated their rebuild, so that's good. Obviously, they made the playoffs last season when they weren't supposed to. Um, that was just a huge step forward in their rebuild, their plans, right, their development plans, and that helped a lot. And I think we're, they're not they're playoff contenders. Maybe not like World Series contenders, but mm-hmm. that's this is if you were if you told me like three years ago that they'd even be in the playoffs in 2020, 2021, um, I I would have said that was too soon. So right now, I think it's still a big thing that if they're on that bubble of wild card uh, playoff spot, you know, um, and then give it a few years, give it a couple more years, and they could keep developing and become World Series contenders. But yeah, right now is just. Um, they're contenders. They're on that bubble of like, you know, they might make the playoffs. They might not, but more so uh, they look like a team that'll make the playoffs, uh, probably wild card spot. Yeah. And I think as much as it sucked to see how the Blue Jays season ended last season, which was uh, two quick losses to the Tampa Rays. Uh, those are learning experiences. I think there's, it's something to build off of. They're going to, they're going to be back this season. They want to prove that the last season uh, wasn't a fluke and that they, they're, they're capable of winning a playoff game and scoring more than, uh, five runs i think it was like they barely got any offense at yeah. that time yeah oh for sure um so we'll wrap it up there um we'll shout out our twitters as usual um you can follow me send me feedback tweet me whatever on twitter at matt underscore rodrigo underscore you can follow me on twitter at the leafs imo and of course you can follow our podcast on twitter at behind the net pod We'll be doing more of these fan Q&As uh, for future episodes. Uh, obviously, this one was a little bit different because it was early in the morning, but uh, at the time of recording this, of course. But uh, yeah, for future episodes, we'll definitely be doing uh, fan Q&As. We'd like to hear from you guys. For sure. Um, and we'll that, with that, we'll uh, close things out. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch everyone next week. Adios. And uh, rip Mario. Rip Mario. <laughs> <laughs>